Hey guys, it's me, Amanda. <laughs> Hi, I, I look, it's been a few months, I guess, a couple of months, I want to say. Listen, life has come and it has come at me, but you know what? It's all right. I didn't give up. I was, may not have been consistent with putting these out, but I've been consistently thinking about that. So that's something, right? Yeah? Huh? Yeah? Something? There's so much has happened. We've made it through end game of thrones sort of which is basically what this whole episode is about i know it's supposed to be all about growth and we're supposed to talk about many things but you know what this has been on my mind and i need somebody to talk to and i don't have that many friends i don't have friends that like to watch game of thrones and at this moment my friend's circle is very minuscule so the only place i can let it loose and talk about it is here so i will be jibber jabbering about that so hey welcome back um, other than that quick, um, I don't know, life-ish update reason why I haven't really been doing a podcast consistent, um, for the past couple of months. Um, mom has been, you know, went in for surgery. She had cancer. I don't know if I said this, but the other one, but she had cancer, had surgery, hysterectomy, um, been recovering. She's doing better now. Um, then my aunt, her sister just through two weeks after my mom's surgery ended up being diagnosed with breast cancer she had to have surgery my grandmother's up there with her um and then also finding out my grandmother that went up there has heart issues has severely anemic and renal failure uh my grandfather at the same time was in the hospital for spinal surgery he was in there for almost two months ended up being there longer because he ended up getting a bacterial infection yeah, it's been, that's been happening for the past, since January. Mom went in February, and then after that, yeah, it's just been like a woo. It's been stress. So, um, been doing a lot of taking care of, you know, the family, taking care of my mom, just making sure everything's okay here, and, you know, just doing the work at the temp job. Thankfully for that, thankful for that job, because, you know, I, if I didn't have that, I don't know what else I'd be doing. I just, I don't know. But, again, I'm, I'm always, I may not be a church attender or girl, but God is still with me. And I'm always grateful because you know what? He provided a job that I needed that has helped me get by and pay things that I need paid for and has helped, helped me stay afloat. So with that being said, I'm one thankful person. Um, yeah. So, you know, don't want to be Debbie, Debbie Downer, but yeah, it's been a been a thing. You know, life has come at me, um, just doing the best I can and moving forward with that. Um, what else? Yeah. As far as my little mini life update, that's basically it. Now, as far as a quick, like things that are on my mind that's happened the past couple weeks, well, at least this past week, um, we've had that abortion ban that was just introduced well, not just introduced it, that was put into play in the few states that have been under controversy for the past week that has just put, it's even more division amongst the people, Ugh, as if we don't need more. But man, that's a doozy. And I can't make sense of it right now. Um, I don't agree with any of it. Um, but as far as me audibly having a word to say at the moment I don't have much to say I just uh, yeah anyways uh, maybe next episode I'll have a little bit more understanding and better uh, information to come at and have a discussion about that but just want to throw that out there on a lighter note um, speaking of you know the abortion ban we move on to life uh, Kim and Kanye you know, I don't know how, and I'm not saying I, I like to hear about celebrities. I'm not here to say that I don't because, you know, they live life lavishly. They live life, but their life is just like people, but richer. <laughs> so, you know, they like to have, they have families, they have love for their kids. Kim and Kanye just introduced their new boy. They had a newborn son via surrogate and his name is Psalm, Psalm West. 
as in the book of Psalm, his name is, well, Psalms, the book of Psalm, Psalm West is his name. They have children now, the eldest being North, Saint being the next one, the son, Chicago being a girl, daughter, and now Psalm. Interesting choice of, of names. I'm not sure why. You take it as you will. I, that is a child and he will grow up to be rich than the rest of us, richer than all of us. And that is that on that. <laughs> um, there are other baby news that's happened, that, you know, other things that have happened in, in the world, but that's the only thing that stuck in my mind at the moment. I can't really think of anything else. Um, so as I said in the beginning with, um, this episode is about Game of Thrones, basically. And the end, there will be a little bit of like a mental note and a little bit of things to talk about, but I'm here to, to talk a little bit vent-ish about Game of Thrones. And I, yeah, again, like this episode could be so much longer, but I'm not going to say everything that comes across my mind, but for the most part, let me preface this, which I might say again later on. I don't necessarily hate season eight, like so many people vehemently hate. But I'm getting to there to the point to where I'm just very, really ir- irritated with the writers and the direction of it when they've kind of just, you know, they didn't end the show very well. You know, as much as people might say, oh, they, you know, their interpretation of the ending of this show left much to be desired. So anyways, if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, you don't care, um, you don't watch it, you're one of the 1% of the world who's never seen an episode I understand it's not for you. Don't listen to this episode because you're not going to care. Maybe skip to the end and hear what I have to say then. But other than that, if you do watch Game of Thrones and you have opinions and you got words to say, here I am to add my voice to the millions of other people in the world who probably wrote think pieces about Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Anyways, stay tuned. So. If you're not a Game of Thrones watcher or any sort of anything for Game of Thrones, just skip over this. I'm just going to label this Game of Thrones because I just need to talk about this because I have nobody else to talk to about this. You understand? I, and I, you know, and I'm going to be a little bit more real in the next segment, but at this moment in my life, I've been back home temporarily. It's temporarily been a little bit longer, which, you know, seasons happen, things happen in life where you have to stay places longer than you anticipate it. And that's okay. You know, you, you weather the storm, go through it. I was here, you know, family, my mom had surgery and my, then my aunt had surgery. My grandma had surgery. There's been a lot of things going on. So, you know, I'm here. And with that, I said all that to say, like, I'm back at home, but you know, you can't go home again because things change. People change, which is what it should be. Um, but as far as the friendship circle that I had back in the day, especially within my church circle of friends, doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. None of the people that I was around with how many years ago are even friends with each other now. And they all live in the same city, but none of them know anything about each other. Nobody keeps in touch with each other. Nobody talks. So I kind of like that loner at the moment, just, and I, it's honest. And I say that all to say, I'm a loner out here with nobody else to talk to about Game of Thrones. So I'm here talking to myself and putting it on the internet and having other people listen to me talk about it. <laughs> so anyways, Game of Thrones, last season. Um, I will say my journey started with season three or four. Three, I think it is. Three is when the Red Wedding started. Um, I just like joined Twitter at that moment because I just was like, oh, let me just go on Twitter. And people were just ranting and raving about Red Wedding. It just was like a thing that happened and people were losing their minds. And the curiosity got the best of me. I'm like, well, what is this about? I've seen Game of Thrones talk about it. And I remember seeing dragons and I, I absolutely love dragons. Side note, dragons have been like a favorite, like fantasy animal of mine since I was a child. And you were like, oh, you must like lizards. Like, I like lizards, but I like dragons. I just think they are awesome. And, you know, that whole time of everybody saying dragons are evil. I'm like, I don't see them as being evil. Evil. I think they're just cool. They're an animal that they're like pit bulls to me. You know, that's how you raise them. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, 
Back to Red Wedding. I saw it online. People were talking about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to see what this is about. So I decided, I was like, well, let me give this a chance. I was living in Korea at the time, so I had extra time on my hands. Went on, streamed the first episode, and that episode opens up with a White Walker basically beheading a bunch of people, and it just looked like a bunch of zombies. And at that time, I was really into Walking Dead. So I'm like, oh, so this is a fantasy, which I love fantasy fantasies has um, an element of evil that is very similar to um, zombies I'm in. And then in that first episode, they also introduce you to direwolves. And then at the end of the episode, they they show you incestuous love between twins, brother and a sister, which I was like, what the H is going on here? This is what? And then I'm like, well, this does make sense because, well, that's what they used to do back in the day. And before, for the record... You know, the the monarchy in England, the UK, those monarchs are related to each other because they married their siblings, married their cousins. That's a thing. It's okay because they're monarchs, but for the rest of the world, it's crazy. It's still crazy because they only do that because they want their bloodline to be basically pure in a sense. So the characters based in this, in the show and the books are very much off of what real life is. Monarchs want to have their bloodline continued and they don't want it tainted. So you keep it going by being with your cousin, sister, brother, which don't get me wrong. I don't agree with it. I just know that it happens and it has in the higher sense of power. We're okay with that monarchs or those monarchs doing that because that's just what they do. Anyways, I digress. First episode again ends with um the the one of the the one of the sons of this uh lord over winterfell pushed out the window because he saw the illegal in a sense um sex going on in a tower at his home and then it was just like the end of the episode with him falling out the tower and you're kind of like well <laughs> It's kind of like Netflix, just keep keep it going. So I, at the time, the third season had just finished. So I had three seasons to catch up on. I was like, cool. And I just ate him up every day after school, watched a couple episodes, caught up. And I think that was also one of the years, I think when season four came out, um, that a lot of it was uh, put out, like four or five episodes were put out early. So I watched them because I had wasn't even thinking back then, but I watched them. And was hooked. The intrigue, the the politics, the cleverness of the characters, the the growth of the characters. You you see them. You see through their eyes. You see why they make these choices. You see where they're going with this. And you start with people that you can't stand, and then you grow to like them because they're growing in their understanding of the world. And you're kind of like cool. And you know, some of them make choices along the way. With you're like, ah, I wouldn't do that, but I know why you did that. And I hope you make it through. And it's just amazing, you know. And don't get me wrong, I understand that people, I'm just like a person that could sit down and watch the Jane Eyre movie that's like three and a half hours, four hours long, Pride and Prejudice, four hours long, and be quite content with the dialogue and the pacing. As long as, I, you know, I'm interested in what's going on and the people involved, I'm A-okay. I have no problem with keeping up. But as far as the characters, I will say Game of Thrones, there are a lot of characters at you constantly and you can't always keep up with them. But you know what? I watch it and I am thoroughly entertained. You know, it has the blood, it has the gore, it has the, 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 the dynamic, the love stories, everything. The only major qualm I have well, without this season being in question is the amount of sex and nudity. Now, I don't really, I'm not one to care like it doesn't bother me. It bothers me to an extent to where it just, as far as keeping the story going, like you don't have to see everything. Leave some things open. You don't have to like, we don't always have to see boobs and, and people having sex and doing all these things. We don't have to always see that to make it great. So I will have to say the first few seasons, those writers mostly were all basically all men. Um, I feel like to an extent they wrote to their own fantasies and put it out there because they know that other men and would like that. Um, and I 
hope that their successive the seasons that or the shows that are coming after this that you know you put as you know put it in there but not as much you know women were used as props um boobs everywhere every two seconds were just put out there just to for shock value and it just didn't add to the story after a time it was just like guys like can we just talk about these things i know these things happen but you don't need to have it in there so my bit major qualm is like you could have so many more people engaged into this show if that were not such a big thing that there would be so many millions of people watching it but whatever they still had a big following and still do um Favorite character over time from get the get was Arya. And I know she's probably, the she's been a favorite of mostly everybody. But I loved Arya because I identified with her. Like, I'm she, she is I. <laughs> we are t- one. Because I grew up, I'm not, I'm still the same. Grew up with that girl who wanted to try all the things that, quote unquote, boys were supposed to do. Like, I wanted to learn all of it. And not even just what boys, I wanted to learn what girls were supposed to, quote unquote, do too. I wanted a healthy balance of all of it and to not be judged either way that I wasn't too girly or was too manly or too tomboy just a person who's well-rounded and anything now in a sense as Arya saying she says she's not a lady no I'm a lady but I'm a lady that will mess you up I'm I quite I'm kind of like a mixture of um Aya Sansa and um Lady Brienne all of them a mixture, you know, you could you're, um, it could be a girl one day, wear a dress, come out the other day, do some mixed martial arts moves on you. Like, I'll, I'll mess you up, but I'm still that type. I'm a woman. I'm a lady through and through. What I do as compared to what a man is supposed to do, it shouldn't matter. So, yeah, Arya, I loved beginning. Of course, I hated Joffrey at the at the step. Jamie and Cersei, they were kind of annoying, but not as annoying, but they got there. Tyrion was a favorite. John was, I liked him. He's likable. You know, I wanted to see him do well. It's just like, he was just kind of stupid. And a lot of the characters were just like, you guys are dumb. But I do understand like in the books, these characters are supposed to be a lot younger. So the characteristics that they show on the, the TV show, it seems really out of, it seems dumb that they make these choices, but you got to remember it. It's, they're trying to make a, I guess a happy medium between them being young and making dumb choices and yada yada. But anyways, as time went on, you know, just loved the show, kept it going. Dragons are brought in. They grew up. I loved it. Storyline, Daenerys becoming, you know, part of that. And I'm bringing up Daenerys right now because, you know, as in season eight, you know, we're coming to an end. Daenerys is one of the, you know, characters that has grown over the seasons, she started out to begin with as a, you know, young child in a sense, young girl who was really naive, didn't know anything about the world and learned over time and got better, got her dragons, got a little stronger, a little wiser um, as she went. But here at the end of the show and tomorrow is the end of the series of this series, we have come to... An ending that I'm not here to say that the ending, how it's been going, is bad, but it's not good. (laughs) I will say the first three episodes I feel were decent. They weren't bad. I was intrigued. I was in it. Couldn't breathe. I'm like, things are happening. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's been two years. So, of course, you're just like, oh, my gosh, I got to see what's going on. I'm so excited. But then, you know, the big battle scene in Winterfell happened. Amazing, stressful um, episode. You watch it the first time. You're kind of like on a high because you're like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. And then I watch it the second time. And I'm like, cool. Then, I'm, you know, you watch it again. And you're just kind of like, all right. This is where the writers, and I mean, the writers had messed up since, like, I guess you could say the end of season six, part of, like, here and there in season seven, you could tell there was, like, a gradual descent. Because the Battle of Winterfell, there are a lot of things that happened that you would want to know. A, as far as, like, war movies go on, 
There's always the, you know, you're watching these characters go through and you know that they have to make it to a certain extent. Usually to the end of the movie, then you know that one of them or four, all of them have to die. Um, and Game of Thrones doesn't shy away from killing people and especially not, they don't shy away from killing main characters. I mean, the first season they killed off Ned Stark, you know, he died, chopped his head off. Like that was a person you thought who's going to be with the, you the entire season, the entire um, show, but he died the first season. So they don't care. They killed the a pregnant mom and king and the mom of that king all in one place. They don't care. This season, the end where the evil character that we've all been watching since day one, the Night King and his White Walkers, the big bad, come through with their large zombie army to take over Winterfell and the dumbest things that are put into place, you know, they start out with, you know, the Dothraki who are on these horses, it's pitch black, running out there with their fire swords, not knowing what's there to ambush something they can't see. Doesn't make sense. Then you have all the, the, the front linemen, the unsullied and the, the commanders, all the main characters at the front line who are about to get bombarded with what I can describe as a World War Z type zombie crowd coming through. It wasn't like it was, you know, them running one, like one plane of people. Run. It was like they were running over each other. And these are zombie killers. And the idea that all the main characters were at the front line, Sans, Daenerys, and John. That none of them died like that time just being overrun by that much many people was beyond me. When I saw that them coming through, I was like, oh, so they're just going to kill off a whole slew of them right now. So we got like three more episodes after this. How are they going to make it through? Well, you know, excuse me, for the sake of the story, you know they're going to live. But then at that moment... I even the the first time I watched it, I was like, "This doesn't make sense. They should all be dead." But whatever, for sake of story, that happens. You keep going. You have Samuel, which I like his character, I really do. He shouldn't have been on the field. He got Ed killed because he was on the field. He shouldn't have been there to begin with. A lot of like strategy that you thought would be the like all these commanders and people who are who have been seasoned war veterans would be able to make better choices of how to better utilize the army that they had which I feel like there was no discussion about that there's none of that that went down it was just a free for all and put some trenches out there burn them and hope that this will help like it just the writing just fell through and I liked the episode when I was initially watching it, but I was definitely questioning that. Like, the logic of it doesn't make any sense. How are they alive still? How do they make it back inside the keep? And once inside the keep, they're all in these corners being overrun by these hundreds of hordes of zombies. You know, it's kind of like the whole, when you see like a ninja or a kung fu movie where the the, the man's in the middle and you got a, a whole bunch of gang bangers whatever whomers coming after them and all around them with their knives or whatever and they all just go in at one time instead of them just going in as a group <laughs> and it's just one comes in he hits that person one comes in they hit and it's just like you see them fighting and it's like how do you keep going how are you alive none of it made sense none of it and then the dragons you know they waited they waited until all of the Thraki were basically taken out. And then after that, then they were like, okay, let's now go out there and burn things down. And then they burn it down for like a little bit. And then they go back searching for the Night King. And it's like, dummies, you already knew he's coming for Bran. There's no point for you to go look for him. He will come to you. Doesn't make sense. Um, the whole um, putting the women and children in the crypts, a lot of people say, oh, that was dumb. Why they should they should have done that? Well, Okay, no, they should have. But with that being said, either A, those crypts should have had, they should have had those bodies removed. I don't know how many bodies are down there. They should have had either the bodies removed or that it should have had a few um, army people down there to be down there because John and Eddard and I mean, Ed, all of them, they knew that the Night King raises them from the dead. So why did they not have somebody down there with them? Anybody? Nobody? 
Tyrion, you're clever. What, you've been making mistakes left and right. How are you still alive? Daenerys should have killed him already. She killed everybody else who chose to make mistakes. She didn't give him a chance. Tyrion keeps getting a chance over and over again. I love Tyrion, but you know what? Logically speaking, he should have been dead. Um, Arya, real, not really any qualms. You know, she did what she does. She did it well. Um, she killed the Night King unexpectedly. But you know what? Glad it wasn't John. Hey, I like that. Um, Bran was still kind of useless and he's been useless since season seven. Like, I don't know what they're trying to build his character to be. Like, what is he supposed to just be out there and become one with the tree and know the, all the things of the world, but not be Bran anymore? Like, I don't, we don't understand what's going on. I don't get it. (sighs) And that was season, that was episode three. Move on to episode four. You know, after the, the battles won... You know, everybody has to, you know, they have to think about what's going next. It's man, Cersei, which pause. Reality is the whole like battle of the, the White Walkers and the Night King and all that jazz should have been at King's Landing. Now, let's let's think about this for a minute. Cersei, you know, season seven quote-unquote agreed to bring her armies but she didn't blah 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 and if Tyrion, being the clever person that he was would have been like no that's not gonna happen so what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring our armies up to the edge of king's landing and we're going to wait either a now there could have been two things bring them close to king's landing wait until the white walkers and everybody comes through so cersei can see it or b she should have taken Dan- Danny should have went in of course with wisdom because they already knew that she had fleets that they're all on the water with wisdom taking people out to scout to see what happens and see what's the you know you know that they have those um huge arrows that kill that can shoot that almost damage Drogon but I mean almost killed Drogon but didn't because they weren't powerful enough you have to be strategic. Like, you can't think that your enemy is not coming up with ideas of how to take down their enemy. Like, it just didn't make any sense. So reality is they should have either done that, gone in, and been like, oh, let's check this out. Let's see. And see um, what's going on. Oh, they have more of these things up there. Scouts going out. Like, hey, Danny, this is what's happening. There's a whole bunch of these these things. They look bigger. We're going to have to go in. You have to think about this differently. How are you going to bring your dragons in? Boom. They come up with a strategy. She does what she did like in this past episode. Well, I'll talk about it in just a minute. She does what she did with her two dragons. They burn all of them down. Go after Cersei. Take her out. Put her on trial. I don't know keep her alive so she can have the baby and then once she is alive you know exile her or kill her whatever there had to been some sort of payout there wasn't any payout with Cersei so that was dumb so anyways there were so many other ways that that could have been written and that fight could have been brought up the whole Jamie thing could have been fixed then you could have like his redemption arc could have made an ending that made sense because even you know the idea of him still being fiercely in love with his girlfriend wife sister boo um would have made sense you know he can't just leave somebody that you've been in love with for how long and been together and had so many children with um you know of course the idea of of leaving her and feeling like she's not going to make it and wanting wanted to be with her before she dies or see if you could save her yes i guess that makes sense but it would have made more sense then after that battle um i mean before the battle that he never even made it to brienne and never made it over there to to that scene of him leaving and all that stuff or you know cersei could have been dead and he would have been free to be with brienne like you know there's so many things that could have been done so much better to make the story you know, be like we could have had that epic battle at King's Landing and Cersei's armies had to come out and fight. And then after they fight, even then, after they, you know, Arya can still kill the Night King. And after that, him dying, you know, then the battle turns to you got to take over King's Landing and, you know, you go after the, the that army. Like it could have been epic 
proportions and then after that the whole politics of who's gonna be in charge and then danny and john fighting over not even fighting like people were fighting over who should be in charge and danny again had more episodes and more time and throughout the seasons been stronger with the idea of her turning mad would have made so much more sense because she would have been angry her anger not she had justifiable anger you know miss sunday could still have died all that could have still played into play but um her gradual you know descent into madness could have gone over how many different episodes and then you know killing her would have made sense and then the right person on the throne there's so many ways that that could have been done but you know what it wasn't done that way it wasn't done so anyways you get to the point with season or episode uh four where they all think that you know everything's all hunky dory that they're gonna head over to king's landing and nothing's gonna happen then boom you know danny loses another dragon um which again the writing horrible the logic was not used they're flying high you're over you're on the seas you could see in front of you and yet these two dragons could not notice or be aware or you are not aware or even notice that they're freaking fleet of uh ships that are close to dragonstone that you didn't notice what and out of nowhere he you know how does how does the ship how did he at least how did his ship which was behind rocks see Rhaegal enough to shoot him several times net not missing you don't see the the ships come into play until they fly around it like the 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 logic was lost on that that episode was a was like for me i watched it was like oh this is shocking but it doesn't make sense and then you get to the point to where you misande you know she's told to get on one of those little boats so i guess we're supposed to just imagine that she got on a boat and then they found her and then took her instead of actually showing her being on that little boat trying to swim to shore whatever reason got caught couldn't do it and then she got caught but none of that made any sense none of it there's no sense no logical no logical no logic put into that and then Tyrion man they really messed up that character Tyrion gets in front of his sister and is like yo I talked to you before and you really look like you're about to change so I believe in you so let me try to talk to you again and she doesn't a her character which would have made more sense didn't kill Tyrion right then but I guess in the the hindsight I guess she didn't want to do that because then if she'd done that then that really would have started off you know people the war for real for reals but then Masande's up there and she chops off her head and then cue mad queen Danny so that was like instant she's gonna be mad queen that's how this is what we're gonna take her next episode which was last week's the fifth episode this uh Varys, which is a character i actually did like a lot but his death really didn't hit me either because the way he died and the whole situation the circumstances just was not he dies because a i think danny knows that he was trying to poison her and then b he was one of the few that found out that john was actually the the one who needs to be on the thrones he's the one the true king he's actually part targaryen he because he's his male lineage lineage he's the one that's supposed to be on the throne and then sansa and Arya and bran is the one that told them and then sansa tells Tyrion, and then Tyrion tells Varys, and then whatever way danny pieced it together found out by however she found out that they all know and she had told john does not say anything now she's mad at him for saying what he said because she said don't say anything and he did it and she said well then it's gonna be fear since you you know you don't want to and now then Varys is killed we find in the beginning episode that he's writing letters about you know john being the actual heir so an assumption he sent out these letters to i don't know the other kingdoms um that are out there to tell them like hey danny's not the one in charge if she goes crazy y'all come out kill her don't put her on charge in charge because she's gonna kill people as she does anywho Varys dies we go to king's landing um 
Oh, Danny also, and again, Danny tells Tyrion, like, hey, I know all these things. I know that Varys knows. I know that you know. I know that John told you. And I know John told Sansa. That's why you know. And he, Sansa is the reason why I, you know, I told him, like, he does this. This is what's going to happen. Doesn't kill Tyrion then, which I'm like, well, she should have died. And then, you know, the whole bells. Tyrion's like, hey, what happens is. If you get there and things turn out to the point that we are winning and they ring a bell, you need to lay down your swords. They're giving up. Told us multiple times. Like it was thrown at us. I knew it was like there's these bells. Holy crap, these bells. We're told Tyrion's like, please tell them to lay down their swords. She's like, Yeah, all right. You know she's not. You can see her, she has that look on her face, like just kind of like, Yeah, okay, sure. Tyrion believes her idiot that's not Tyrion he's not clever he's lost his cleverness he's lost his his wisdom it's gone we're at King's Landing miraculously Danny and Drogon destroy every living or every single uh weapon that of that is worth that could kill Drogon all of them all of them every single one of them all around King's Landing all on the ships they're all burnt they're all gone nada the 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 soldiers, King's Landing, see that they're losing, that this dragon is over here burning things up. We can't win. Put their swords down. The bell is rung. Tyrion breathes in. John's like, yes, that was easy. And then you see Danny on top of Drogon at the edge of the wall, and she looks over at the Red Keep and's like, nah, that wasn't good enough. I'm gonna burn the whole city. So instead of making a beeline towards red, the Red Keep, she makes a zigzag line and all over the place. She's like, it was like, it's like a little kid that gets a coloring book and it's just nothing but scribbles around it. That's just the trajectory of what Joran did. Let me, let me, let me uh, cut this, pause this for a moment. This is 30 minutes of me talking about it. So anyways, getting back to it. Um... Danny is on, Drogon, you know, the writers have gone to the point of where they're like, well, we're going to make her Mad Queen. So it was like, like that, she's Mad Queen. She is there to F stuff up, stuff up. So she destroys King's Landing. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, cool. I understand that she wants to burn things down. I'm not totally um, opposed to it. But my logic thinking like, well, um, you know, when people, when they fought wars back in the day, like he... You didn't want to destroy the entire city because as a as a queen over seven kingdoms, you, you want to have a kingdom to, to rule, you know, is I, I just thought that that's what you want. You want to have a kingdom with people in it to rule, if I'm not mistaken. But it just seemed like she was like, nah, that's OK. We'll just rebuild. You know, she went in the Jogron, breathe fire and brimstone upon the entirety of King's Landing, burning every and anything that that he could. And then she makes that little zigzaggy color coloring pattern to the Red Keep. It starts burning down the Red Keep. Cersei's just over there standing at her little perch. She's always just staring out. And it's like, oh my gosh. You know, Quyburn uh, is like, hey, uh, bruh, um, all the weapons have been destroyed. The fleet is gone. And so are our soldiers. We should go. She's like, nah, there's some way. There's one more out there. Um, Euron's going to make it through. He's, he killed one dragon. He's going to kill another. <laughs> uh, look, chick, you really valued your baby's life and your life and just your sanity. You should have dipped at get when you knew that she wasn't even coming towards you. You should have been out like a light, like a light. <laughs> should have been out. Like there's no reason for her to stay there. But for sake of storyline, whatever, she stays. And then the place is falling off, falling apart. So she's like, all right, now let's bounce. As the whole entire castle is just falling to pieces around her. As she's leaving, you know, uh, the mountain and um, his brother have their final battle, boss battle with each other. Um, the hound and the mountain. And the mountain, as we all know, is basically a body, a zombie body that does whatever he wants, you know, kills Quiburn, 
Cersei walks past the hound because he's like, you're not my my fight. They fight the the hound and the mountain. And really, it just was one of those like a Superman versus human fight because the mountain was, you couldn't kill him. He was stabbed and stabbed and stabbed and stabbed and stabbed and so strong that he couldn't be defeated. And the only way to defeat him for the hound was to burst through the cracks in the wall and fall to your fiery death. You know, because, hey, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, it meant that, you know, it's kind of like a nod to, you know, your the mount, uh, the hound was, his face was burned because of his brother and he died. You know, the thing that he scared, he was scared of the most. And that was fire. Just poetic. <laughs> no. And people were like, that, the Clegane Bowl, it lived up to the, no, it didn't. For me, it fell short. But whatever. Cersei gets through. She's in her little map room and everything's falling apart. Now she's starting to break and lose her mind and say, oh my gosh, I'm going to die here. Can't believe this is happening. Oh, like you didn't know this is going to happen, girl. And in comes Jamie to save the day because, oh, I'm sorry. Let me throw this random little, psh. Jamie and Euron, they have a little fight, you know, back near the little uh, ship or excuse me, little boat that was left aside that was miraculously smuggled there. Um, Brister Davos and they both end up in the same spot and a battle ensues they fight and it's just kind of like a uh, uh, like uh, badly acted they I felt like both actors knew that this was just garbage but they had to do it because they're paid to do this and they have to do it but it was straight trash unnecessary not needed whatever put it in the story just because of whatever because you need to have a fight to fill a filler it's like a filler episode and an anime that was not needed no you didn't need to see this fight wasn't even that and it wasn't necessary but in the midst of all that jamie gets punctured and his his body it like the entire sword impales him he's been punctured several times he doesn't die he gets up he's over crawling on the on the sand and then he impales Euron and Euron's like I'm the one who who killed Jamie Lannister the stupidest line and Jamie's arc I'm sorry I'm talking about Game of Thrones for a while because this is what I want to talk about I was going to talk about other things but you know what we're going to talk about this for a minute um Jamie's arc he's another one that his redemption arc was so good homeboy started out being the most he disliked one of the most disliked characters because you having sex with your sister it's disgusting you're you're smug and cocky you you know have like this arrogance about you that is hated and then you meet Brienne and on you know because she's a valiant warrior who against all odds has been making it for herself and has a name for herself and a strong character and she shakes you make you shook you're shook by her you take up for her you lose your hand you 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 get your honesty out you speak your mind she changes you you become a better person you make better choices yes you go back to Cersei but that was because you know what you are a soldier in that you are you you have obligations to your family you made choices and you turned into somebody that you know people were like okay cool I hated you in the beginning and people can change and you made a change and then you kept going and then you, you know, it's war. You're standing for your family. You, 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 you know, you're trying to, you know, fight for what you believe is right. And then, you know, your sister decides to not send out people to help with the war. And then she changes her mind. And then you're like, cool, let's get the commanders together. And she's like, you stupid idiot. We're never bringing them out. I've always thought you were the dumbest person. And then she's like, I was never going to let them go there in the first place. And he's like, Oh, so that's who you are. Now, that being said, he has always known who she was. He just chose to love her anyway. Which, hey, you did that, fine. But he leaves. He leaves because he knows that he is, he promised and he's going to keep that promise. He fights. They live. He expresses his love, lust for Brienne. They consummate it over two nights. And then he finds out that Danny is actually 
going to make it to King's Landing. Like, duh, you already knew that's what she was going to do. What were you thinking that you were going to stay behind with Brienne? That was a bunch of crap. That was unnecessary. They didn't need to write that in. Could have left that out. You put our hopes up that this redemption art is going to make it through. And then he hurts Brienne. She cries, which is out of character for her. And you're like, okay, he's doing this because he is going to kill Cersei. Because he knows that she's evil. But no. No, no, no. He gets caught trying to make it back in. Not because he wanted to kill Cersei, but that he wanted to save her life. What kind of bull-ish was that? That arc was absolute crap. And they did Jamie bad. They've done Tyrion bad. They've done Danny bad. Done John bad too. Because John has in basically been a pawn of who can't think for himself. But having all the gr- women tell him like, bro, your girl, we don't trust her. Some, there ain't something right. He's like, no, she's my queen. That's it. This whole season has been a downer. We've waited two years to be underwhelmed. And there, like I said, there's so many ways this could have ended on so many levels. And, you know, like, I think the writers, too, are kind of, like, under the impression, like, well, people aren't happy because we're, we're not killing people. We're not doing... It's like, but, but that's what we expect. We expect people to die. We expect them to die in a logical way. And they didn't even satisfy these things. Like, you killed off lesser characters, but major characters, but not as major as every... You know, it's just... Man. And then now, end of the episode, Arya rides off on a white horse, which I'm assuming Bran was the one that put the horse there because he knew that Arya is still alive. And we're left with um, Danny marching out, triumphant, Ash falling from the city from the prophecy everything's destroyed and now we're left to wonder who's going to take the Iron Throne so my initial thought of who would take it because I didn't want them to be too predictable in which I know the writers are probably thinking well that people don't want we don't want to be too predictable because we don't want the audience to be they were being too predictable but you know what you know sometimes it's kind of like the predictability is okay in a sense you know, we've seen John go from being considered an outsider, a bastard his whole entire life to be to be respected among many people. He is a true king. He has grown from adversity and has changed. Now, granted, he still makes dumb choices, but he is loved and people respect him and he is just. Then you have Danny, who has partially gained her love via freeing the slaves you know, white woman syndrome, freeing the slaves and giving them a choice to serve or not. And they had the choice of whether they want to leave or not. But then, you know, she stays at Slaver's Bay. She doesn't change anything. She just goes in and abolishes things, but doesn't put anything in play. She's not wise in her, 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 um, choices because she doesn't, she breaks down the walls, but doesn't put people in there to create new things she didn't you know wasn't very she's not strategic strategic strategist strategist anyways so yeah she's not that person she's not a strategist person who comes up with ideas you know what i mean anyways she's not that person so she over time her only way of ruling and doing things is to rule with an iron fist so you already saw that there was already complications and issues you know Tyrion saw it he was like look she needs to be able to she needs people in charge to help her because you can't just go around killing people you got to have some wisdom and um he was there he was the one that was you know doing this and then you know there were times when she would meet people who would tell her like you need to do some things you need to you know instill fear like right you could still instill fear just bring all three of your dragons roll up and then done them up, burn a couple of things down. I'm pretty sure that they'll just give it up. But that just didn't come across anybody's mind for whatever reason. Um, because nobody at that time had anything that could go against those dragons. So, again, writing, whatever, it's done is done. But over the season, you see her burn people up for not bending the knee. And very strong about bending the knee. If you don't bend the knee, then I'm going to have a problem. Or we're not talking and blah, blah, blah. So... You could see that there was a little bit, but it wasn't strong. 
And in comparison to her father, he, his crazy was there for a while. And he went from zero to 100, you know, and all that he did with the people around him. And it wasn't and like he went there and then went back. Like he, he got to that point. It just flipped. But then it, he was also very cruel to some of the people that he didn't like. And it was just, you saw the progression. But with Danny, it was like, uh, she professed that she wasn't going to be like her father. She professed that, you know, by the things she did, like I'm releasing people. I want the slavers to be free and I want this and that. So you expected, you had a whole nother expectation and you didn't expect her to go mad. Like you knew that she had the, the ability to do that, but it just seemed, it seemed like the writers were just like, cool, we're not going to put her on that trope. We're getting her there. She's not going to, she's going to be different from her father. So when it comes to fighting for that throne, like she's going to be the person you want on there. But no, they decided at the end to flip it on us, say that she made it a, a rash decision at that moment to burn things down and we we're supposed to take it like that. So as far as who I think is going to be in the throne, I initially thought it was going to be Sansa. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. If, I wasn't going to be surprised. If it was John. I've been like, if it made, if it was John, that it still makes sense. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Makes sense. Or Tyrion. But after that, there was nobody else that I could think of. I was like, well, nobody else is, you know, Arya's not going to do it. She ain't about that life. So I was going to be on there. So then I let the curiosity get the best of myself. And again, if you don't like to look at fake or presumed leaks, then don't listen to this part. Um, the leak, there was a leak that I just read, I read that apparently was put out months before that um, accurately depicted the past episodes. Like, you read over it, and it was put out when, and it accurately depicted all the episodes. And from what the leak has said, the man that, man, exactly, the person that's going to be on the throne is Bran. And by his side would be Sansa. Um, and Arya would be the lord over Winterfell. And John decided to go back to the true north to be with the wildlings. And that was it. Like, and I'm just, you know, things happen in between. I think Tyrion was put on trial, but whatever reason isn't executed. Um, blah, blah, blah. Now, with that being said, the leaks, again, have that were put out were spot on on every episode. So there's no reason to doubt this. However, is, you know, comma, however, there are been, there have many times, um, Unless, well, actually, let me strike that. Apparently, this person was a person that was on set that apparently was, like, watching it or had seen it already. And they have said by what they, by visualizing, they actually saw it. This is what happened. So, can you this person is actually saying that they saw it or they actually saw it? But, so, if they actually did see this, then, of course, it's truth. We'll find out tomorrow. But if it's not, there are times when there's dummy scripts that are put out that even sometimes the 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 actors don't even know what's going to happen. So, with that being said, I'm going in tomorrow with, like, cool. This is really how it ends with Bran on the throne. Oh, man. Those people, a part of Game of Thrones, are going to have to... They're going to have such a falling out. Like, we're not going to... The, the idea that we'll never stop loving Game of Thrones will never go away... But the backlash of this that's that will happen and ensue if the the ending that happens via that leak, woo, it's gonna be. Hmm. They're already already. I think it's, by this time it's probably about a million. There's like um people wrote um a petition to demand that the entire season this entire season is reshot. Which y'all come on, it's done. It's over. The D and D the guys who wrote these past few seasons they're moving on to Star Wars. They're not thinking about Game of Thrones. They're stressing probably, but it, the backlash from that, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. It might affect their ability to write and direct um, future stuff. Maybe it might mess up their chances with Star Wars. Who knows? But from what I remember reading, them few, like a month or so ago, like they even said, like when the last episode comes out, they're going to be off the internet, 
off everything drinking to see what happens and i'm like that sounds about right because if this is how it ends you had better be drunk and just pass out because the backlash that you want to get the hate that you will get from these avid fans these rabid fans is not going to be pretty so anyways that was kind of a long thing because again i said i needed somebody to talk to and this is the only way i could do it and I, I could delve more into it, but again, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time, even though I've already done that. Again, I hope that Bran isn't the one that ends on the throne, because really, what is Bran? Bran's not even Bran. Bran is the Reagan, a Raven. Why would he be on there? Uh, and, I, and I'm just, you know, okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That was a lot. Anyways, so moving on. I'm not going to talk too much. I'll probably just do another episode, but later on. Um, Mental health. This past month of May has been Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, And we're getting on on the tail end, kind of, of this month. Or was it March? No, I think it's May. I can't remember. We don't know what it is, Mental Health Awareness. Um, Look, I mean, I'm going to be transparent right now like as far as mental health goes I'm pretty pretty solid in that arena but of course I'm not perfect and there's a lot of things that I know that I need to process and, and talk about um but I I guess like as as far as my self care and self at the moment you know you you have your up and downs you have your times you're just like oh man what am I I'm not really worth much what I can't even what do I what do I have to give to this world um and that's I mean I should let me say I say those things to myself. You know, I've gone through living overseas for six years, a little over six years, and living on my own and taking care of myself and doing things on my own and being able to travel and be independent um, only to come back to having to be dependent, you know, living with my mom and you know, staying at my grandmother's right now because she's not here to house sit and using my mom's car as her vehicle thankfully my grandmother's not here she has a better car to use a nicer my grandmother has a nice car so my mom has that my mom's car is still very nice but it's you know older but um you know i'm dependent i, I have no if i didn't have my mom here you know I, who knows I, I don't know what i would have done you know i guess i would have gone to my you know other family members but i'm grateful for that i'm privileged to say that i'm privileged to have family members that are well off that have houses that they have to call their own that own things that take care of their own that are at peace where they're living you know I have privilege of that I have privilege of choice thankfully I can leave where my current situation to go up to make you know better choices and you know more money in areas that wouldn't necessarily be afforded to me here so you know I'm grateful I'm privileged in that respect um however and however my own self though you know at the moment it's just been really a bit of a downer you know i'm unable to buy the things that i want to buy you know i want to be more of an adult in a sense of owning you know i'm okay with having a one-bedroom apartment and a house i mean excuse me a car that's paid for and just be free i want to be able to you know furnish and live um a life that is not dependent and I at the moment I can't I'm dependent on, upon people and I'm not able to sustain myself alone I don't have a career um, set forth I have a degree that is not being used and I don't know my purpose on this planet <laughs> I, and I say that with a little chuckle it's just not a chuckle like it's actually funny it's more of a chuckle like huh I don't know and I know that I'm one of millions of people who are the same um, but it does bring you down and living here for the past few months, again, like I said, well, sorry, I don't, I think I said it before. Um, I'm back with, you know, same area. There's a lot of people who have not left. A lot of people I know are still here, but the people that I knew, um, no longer talk to each other. So, you know, you have me who's an outlier in every sense of the word, word, with people that I didn't really connect much with even when I was here and we did talk you know we were the only connection we had was church and being involved with like youth ministry but 
outside of that, being delving in deeper with each other never ever happens, except for maybe one. Um, but other than that, you know, I have a couple people that I see here, here and there and talk to, thankfully. But for the most part, I am alone all the time. I'm, I mean, at work, people around me, but still alone. You can be around people, still be alone and be lonely. Um, and I don't connect much with people at work either because it's like, you know, I'm not going to be here long. And you, I talk to them, you know, I'm not like not talking to them, but I value and desire friends. I need and want friendships and want, um, I, I yearn for true friendships, true relationships that I can have. And I just don't have it now. I had it for a bit, at least it was getting there to a, a, a better bit in Australia. And I do have my crew that I had in Korea that we still talk to basically every day, which again, I'm thankful for that. But physically, you know, face to face, I don't have those people. I don't have that, that group of people that you can invite over and watch Game of Thrones with or talk about TV that you watch or talk about things that are happening in the world that are affecting everybody and, you know, having those opportunities. I don't have those friends. I can't even talk to the people that I have here about things here because they don't really They care, but they don't care. Like, it's not important to them. Um, they don't want to try new things. They're okay with just being here and not doing anything. And I just it saddens me because oh, I need more and I'm not getting it here. So I'm believing that once I do leave, like, I don't want to look back and say that there's not much to do here because there are things that can be done. But, you know, again, being that I am living dependently, you know, I can't, I'm not afforded to do things that I'd love to do. So I have to be content with just doing certain things here and there for a time. This is a season. I understand that. Um, so I, you know, the idea of Maryland and the idea of New York or even California, I don't want to put it out there and say, oh man, this is just, I don't want amazing that my life will be different. It will be different. I'm still going to be the same person, but I will be in a different environment. And that's another thing to take care of because I'm going to be a family that I'm not used to being with all the time and in a new area that I'm going to make new friends. And I don't even know what's going to happen with that, but I'm hopeful because that's all I have hope, hope and believe, belief that I am, I'm a friend. I'm a person that you, you want to be friends with. I'm a good friend. I'm a good I'm a person that is well-rounded, that likes to listen and is, enjoys life and wants to try things and just wants to be around people and soak it all in because I just value people and value the, that, the things that I know that they could teach me and I could teach them. So yeah, as far as mental health goes, you know, the ups and downs, it, get, it gets you. And, you know, being almost 34, two months from now, I'll be 34. Like, I keep hearing the whole, you know, got me, sorry, bringing it back to Game of Thrones. Uh, Brienne, you know, they had that whole talk to the table and they're drinking and they have this drinking game because, you know, they just won the battle and they're just like, oh my gosh, I gotta drink my life away because I can't believe I'm still alive. And they're drinking and they're playing games and laughing with each other and they're doing basically never have I ever game with each other and... They Tyrion asks Brienne is like you know or they have those questions like you've you've never uh slept with anybody you're a virgin and she basically doesn't say anything and then you you know you're an only child and like oh yeah I am an only child and yeah I am a virgin and yeah I'm very similar to Brienne you know and I don't need a man to validate who I am but it's always nice to feel validated you know. So I was just like, man, I do actually identify with her too. <laughs> I identify more her than Arya because Arya actually got some. <laughs> That's even easier there. But yeah, I, you know, you know, there's, I'm at that point, like I want to feel sad for myself, but I'm not. But I, I just, I'm, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm just like, man, I'm, I want I'm out of here. I have to hit the, the ground running because I'm, I can't. I want to see my, I see myself doing things and I'm going to do it. 
I mean, I know exactly what it is, but it's going to happen. And I'm refused to be the homebody all the time. There's so much that I can learn and grow and get from the world and people in it. And I'm meant to meet people and make friends that are like that. Longtime friends. I will not stop thinking that. I've always prayed for that ever since I was young. And I still believe like I prayed for those things and they just, they're slowly gradually getting there. And some of them are already here. I have people that I, my cacao that we still talk to each other. We may not see each other face to face, but we talk to each other. It's been seven years almost. So I'm, I'm, it's going to get there. I'm believing and I'm receiving it. So yeah, uh, right now that's, I don't want to talk too much about, about that. Cause I could talk about that in a different um, episode, but yeah, I hope, you know, you guys out there, whoever does listen to this all the way to the end, take that time to just, you know, assess yourself, see where you're at, see where you can grow, see where you can work on, um, be honest with yourself, but don't harm yourself with your words that you say to each other, to yourself, um, be wise, um, open, willing to learn, uh, and willing to open up to the people around you. And if they are not willing to accept you and help you through it and, and realize your honesty, then maybe you need to cut them off and start making ways to make new friends. So yeah, I keep seeing, I keep saying, so yeah, sorry. That's such a filler word. Um, food for thought, think about it, clear out your Instagram pages for people you don't you don't need to try to emulate to feel bad about yourself clear out your Facebook page to where it's just you only see little things that make you happy put things in front of you that it that steer you towards um joy and happiness and do put things in front of you that might challenge you to push forward to becoming what you want to become but don't let those things that, you know, social media and things like that shape what you think you should become or need to become because you'll never live up to the standards that social media puts out there. And thankfully, I realize that I'm not that person. I'm, I just, I like to put things on Instagram to, you know, show my 20 followers what I do. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm not here to, I don't need everybody to see. Like, I hardly even talk to the people who are on there anyway. I talk to three people two people pretty much every day a couple people here and there and other than that don't that's just my friendship circle at the moment and that's how it is and it's not going to stay that way uh anyway for today it's ended that way it's been a game of thrones episode because i'm in my feelings oh i hope it turns out okay if it doesn't you'll be hearing from me on monday (laughs) guys have a great week um I don't know when I'm going to have the next one out. Just be honest. See how we go with this. I still like doing it. Um, It'll be nice to have somebody to talk to with. But you know what? It's okay. I'm talking to you. Have a great week. Talk to you guys later. Bye.